Hey everyone, this is Jill Kravitz. I'm the CEO of iRelaunch. The podcast you're about to hear today is Carol's interview with Randy Childs, a photographer with a really interesting relaunch journey. Randy is actually going to be speaking at our upcoming Return to Work conference in New York City on October 3rd. She's going to be talking about non-traditional relaunch paths, so not the typical way many relaunchers return to work, but something a little different. So if you are interested in relaunching your career, in meeting other folks in the same boat as you, in learning strategies to return to work, what to say, what not to say, and talking to employers who are looking to hire you, we would love for you to join us. Please visit our website for additional details and to register, and I hope to see you there. And please enjoy the podcast. Welcome to 321 I Relaunch, the podcast where we discuss strategies, advice, and success stories about returning to work after a career break. I'm Carol Fishman Cohen, the chair and co founder of I Relaunch, and your host for today. Today, we are speaking with Randy Childs. Randy is a professional photographer specializing in portraits, headshots, beauty, and fashion. She founded Randy Childs Photography in 2012 after taking a 17 year career break. And she started her career in sales and marketing, and we'll hear more about that in just a little bit. Randy, welcome to 321 I Relaunch. Hi, Carol. Thank you so much for having me today. Well, we're, we're so happy to have you as a guest and very interested in your return to work journey. Uh, before we get into what you're doing now, uh, could we talk a little bit about what happened before that? So can you walk us through your pre-career break work experience and then maybe what precipitated the career break and how long you were on the career break and anything you wanted to remark about what happened during your career break? Yes, absolutely. So um, I actually originally started with psychology. I had studied psychology in college and went on to uh, graduate school for a PhD in clinical psych. And it was my lifelong dream to become a psychologist. And during the year that I was there, there was a lot going on in my life. And I, I ended up taking a leave of absence. And I had a year to decide if I was going to go back or not. During that time, I took a job with Travelers Insurance in their uh, group sales and marketing department and worked as a, a sales and marketing executive. We rolled out the first HMOs and PPOs, and we developed all kinds of products for corporations, their health plans, life insurance, disability packages. Um, to make a long story short, when my year was up to decide if I was going back to grad school, as much as I wanted to, I just was not ready to uh, plunge myself into a PhD program again. So I stayed on with the company for seven years. Um, I didn't feel a lot of passion working in that job. It was, mm -hmm. it was, I worked hard, I did well, I moved up the ladder, but it was never, I never really felt like that was where I belonged. I did love the relationships that I had with my colleagues and clients. Um, and I always thought that I would go back to work after the birth of my first child. Um, but everything changes once that child is born. So then once you were in your career break, uh, it lasted probably, I'm guessing, longer than you anticipated, 17 years, or what happened that um, you were on career break for 17 years, and then how did you get the idea about what you were going to do next? Okay, so, you know, as I said, I always thought that I would go back to work, and then my daughter Alexis was born, and I 
knew that I couldn't leave her. I wanted to be there for every moment. And while that was a choice I made, and I felt really fortunate to make that choice, and then, you know, my, my second child was born a few years later, I always felt like there was a piece of me that I had given up. Um, mm-hmm. And it was a sacrifice I was willing to make, but I just, I felt, I knew that at some point I was going to want to do something. But as the years went on, it just became harder and harder to figure out how I was going to re-enter the work world. Um, it's scary. You know, you, you get out of college and the world is, you know, there for you and you just feel like you can do anything. But then like when you've been home for so many years doing the same thing day in and day out, it's hard to imagine that you have any worth outside of the home. But um, I ended up coming to, to photography because it was something I always wanted to do. I always had a camera in my hand ever since I was young. It, documenting memories was extremely important to me. And um, I tried taking classes. I hadn't found any that I really liked. And one day I ran into a woman that I knew from just around town. And I'd seen her work displayed recently, exhibited. Um, and she was a photographer. And it was fabulous. So I ran into her and I had asked her if she would ever consider working with me privately to teach me the craft. And she said, oh, you know, I could I could do that. I've never done it privately. I, I do teach college courses in photography. So we ended up setting up, you know, sessions. And um, after working with her for a few sessions, she ended up hiring me to assist her on some of her jobs, like doing weddings and bar and bat mitzvahs. And then after that, I moved on to being her second shooter, and I learned a tremendous amount from her. And during that time, I started taking classes, and um, I just I felt like I could not get enough. I loved it. And that's where my passion was. That is a great progression. I love that you started by you know, focusing really on a skills building process that was in line with your passion. And then it turned into this a little bit of a job and then a, more of a job and then a pretty big job. Um, and you realize that, that this is really what you wanted to do. Uh, so when did you decide to go off on your own and were you excited about that? Were you afraid? What, like, how, what were the conversations with the um, person who you were working with when that happened? And how did you figure out what to do first? Well, um, so the woman that I that was teaching me, her name is Randy also, and um, she was fabulous. And I, I stayed with her for a long time, and she knew that whenever she needed me to help her out with any job, I was going to be there because I, I really felt and still feel like I owe so much to her. Um, cause she was so generous in her, um, in providing knowledge to me and, and critiquing my work. Um, she has recently retired from doing weddings and bar and bar bits, but she's wrapping up her final year right now. She's still teaching college. So it really wasn't an issue and I'm not competing with her really. Um, for so many years, you know, even after I'd gone out on my own, I, I had this feeling of, um, not wanting to step on her toes. So if anyone ever came to me for uh, looking to have headshots done or anything, I would always send them to Randy first. Um, but then, you know, after a while I started saying yes to stuff on my own. Mm. She was totally fine mm-hmm. with that. Um, and, and then how did you 
take the first steps to launch your business. I'm talking about the real logistical steps like figuring out your name and setting yourself up as a company and, um, you know, figuring out how you were going to get the word out, that that kind of thing. Okay. Well, first I want to answer one question that you asked me, which I, I didn't address. You asked me if I was scared to go out on my own. Yeah. And um, yes, very much so. Um, there's, as I said earlier, it's really hard to imagine like after staying home and not working for so many years that there's any kind of worth there. Um, it took mm-hmm. me a really long time to get over that. And people would make fun of me because people would come to me and say, do you, you know, can you do my family portraits or can you do a headshot or can you do this? And I would always say yes, but then I would never, I wouldn't charge. Like I just felt funny taking money from people. And like, I almost felt like by not taking money, I could protect my ego because if they didn't Mm -hmm. like it, it didn't really matter Mm -hmm. because they weren't paying me. But Mm -hmm. um, so many of my friends were, you know, getting on my case and and Randy as well. They were like, listen, you're good and you have to start accepting money. And there's a whole psychology behind, you know, giving it away for free uh, as opposed to taking money. If if you're you're giving things away or you're not charging a lot, then people start to believe that you're really not worth anything. So that kind of got into my head and I've been a lot better about that. Um, and the fear factor, it's there. I mean, it's, it's, it's Mm -hmm. there on a regular basis and I just have to squash it down and just keep on, you know, pushing myself out of my comfort zone. And did you somehow, like, how do people find out about you and your business? Is it word of mouth? Do you have a social media presence? How, How do, how do people know about your company? Well, first word of mouth. Um, so my, my first job on my own was, um, a bat mitzvah. Uh, actually, it was a bar mitzvah, and I really I wasn't looking really to do events. I wanted to do other stuff. But a friend of mine knew somebody whose photographer went AWOL right before her son's mm. bar mitzvah, and she recommended mm-hmm. my work. And because mm-hmm. I had done her kids' uh, b'nai mitzvahs for free as a gift to them, so mm. this woman hired me and. I said, no, 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 I'll do it. I won't charge. She's like, are you kidding? Of course, I'm going to pay you. So, you know, I was really nervous and I did it and um, Mm -hmm. pictures, you know, came out fine. And um, I definitely see growth from that time to now. Thank goodness for that. But um, word of mouth first and social media has been such a powerful tool for me. I mean, even before I launched my website, I was depending on mostly Instagram, but Facebook also. I just, I try to post pictures on a regular basis just to get my name out there and word of mouth. And I have found that not only do I get clients that way, but I also get people like models and hair and makeup people who, and, and, and fashion stylists who want to work with me. And so they'll come to me and they'll say, can we do this for trade so that um, they have pictures in their portfolio as well. So Uh, Social media is a very, very powerful tool. Talk to us a little bit more about how you use social media. So like, like you set up an Instagram account and, and it sounds like you have, do you have a Facebook page and you have a website? Do you have, are you on Pinterest too? Like exactly what social media platforms are you using when you, maybe for example, when you tell us about when you first set up your Instagram page, did you start following a bunch of people or commenting on photography related um, other people's pages? How did that happen? Well, it was a, it was definitely a progression. So I, I, I started my page um, 
and left it blank for a while. I think I put up a picture of my dogs and my kids at some point. And then I started, um, I don't even know how I decided to finally do it. I think it was because of my daughter who um, is a, is an elite athlete. She um, competes in sport and races and her Instagram page has um, really helped her create this whole brand and she gets sponsored by all these different companies. So when I saw that, I was thinking, wow, maybe I should be doing that for my photography. So then I started going on Instagram, just looking at other people's accounts and seeing what they were doing. And um, I started to post pictures and I was also posting on Facebook at the same time and I was getting great feedback. And that was really a huge thing for me was the feedback that I was getting from people because it just, it gave me more confidence and, you know, the client base and all that other stuff came later, but um, I'm kind of all over the place with my Instagram. And I've been told recently that I need to kind of focus on the work that I really want to get. Um, I had met with um, a famous fashion photographer recently to consult with her about how I should proceed and what I should be doing differently. And she looked at my Instagram and she said, you know, the pictures are great, but you're kind of all over the place. I have my street photography in there of my nature. I have landscape. I have my, uh, my street portraiture. I have studio portraiture. And she basically said that I need to start to like, you know, decide where I want to go with this and just only post that stuff, which I'm going to do at some point. I'm just not ready to give up the other stuff at, at, at this point in time. Mm-hmm. But I use Facebook as well. Um, and Pinterest I use, but I use that more to get creative ideas for shoots that I'm doing. I see. Um, and then in terms of followers, were you, did you focus on that at all? Or did you intentionally not focus on that? Um, you know, initially I didn't really care, but now I see that the more followers you have, the more exposure you get. So I am trying to build up my, my follower base. It's not easy though. If you're doing it organically, it's really not easy. It's very slow going. You know, if you talk to, if you listen to some of the experts uh, on social media, like Gary Vaynerchuk, he'll say, don't focus so much on, on, on getting followers focus more on the content that you're putting out and how you're interacting with other people on the platform. So I sometimes think about that. Uh, but I also hear what you're saying in terms of broadening your, your exposure, um, which social media platform is the most effective for you? Like, can you actually say that you have, uh, have gotten clients or jobs because someone connected with you after seeing something you posted on a social media platform? Oh, yes, absolutely. I I think that probably 50% of my jobs come from that. And is it Facebook or Instagram? Like, where do they come from? Probably both. Um, Facebook, I get the local contingency. I get, you know, people in Westchester County coming to me. Mm -hmm. Um, Instagram is more global. So I'll, I'll get messages from somebody saying, I live in um, Tennessee and I'm coming into New York and can we do this shoot? Mm. And um, they wouldn't have known about me unless they had been following me on Instagram. Interesting. That That's that's really great. Um, and then did you have to spend time on like getting yourself set up as a legal entity or the finance side so you can take payment or, you know, your logo and, and, so some of these other basic pieces of setting up a business? 
It's so interesting that you asked that question because you would think that coming from a sales and marketing background that I would be all over that. Um, that's been that's that's been given the least amount of detail or attention uh, with my business, and I do need to get on that. I have not done anything in that regard with you know incorporating or insurance or anything like that, and that's definitely next on my list. Um, yes. You know, there's been a lot of attention given to, you know, the social media stuff and then also to the website. I am in the process of working with somebody right now to develop a logo, although I don't think it's really that important to have one. Mm -hmm. It's nice, though. Yeah, agree. Uh, I mean, depending on the kind of business that you have, but I, I can see in a way your photography needs to speak for itself. Right, exactly. Uh, and people hire you because of the quality of your product and you can show the quality of your product on very uh, effectively on a social media platform. Yes, yes. Um. So can you tell us a little bit about the kind of investment you needed to make to get the business up and running? Did you have to have like, you know, five different kinds of cameras and lighting equipment? And I don't know what other equipment is involved yeah. in a photography business, but can you maybe give us a sense of that? Yes, absolutely. It's so funny. I think back to when I first went in and I bought my first professional camera and, you know, I had no idea how expensive photography equipment was and it's, it's really, really expensive. So I went in and um, I bought my first professional camera and my first lens on a professional level. And I walked out after spending $5,000 and I remember feeling sick to my stomach, mm -hmm. um, excited, but really sick to my stomach over the money that I spent. Little did I know that that was going to be a drop in the bucket compared to what was to come <laughs> right. because as a photographer, you need to have, you know, you can't just have one camera, you know, two at the minimum you need just if something goes wrong on a shoot you need to have a backup and you know you need lenses for all different kinds of things um so and lenses could start at like you know fifteen hundred dollars and up so my initial investment was really purchasing you know the bodies and i did it slowly the lenses i'm still collecting the lenses that i love um and then the lighting equipment which is big also and i, I would say the initial investment was probably between fifteen and twenty thousand dollars and did you finance that through your own savings or did you get a bank loan or credit card debt or how did you do that? You know, I feel very fortunate. I, I was able to do that through my own savings. And again, I didn't do it all at once. I did it in piecemeal mm. and I'm still doing it in piecemeal. Like I, you know, there are lenses that I desperately want and think I need, but you know, I wait until I have the money and then I go and I buy it. And what about these digital platforms that, um, I've seen some photographers use, we, you know, for, we do a lot of event events. And so we have event photography ourselves. And um, I've seen these digital platforms where you display all the photographs so people can download them or buy them. Is that something that you've had to do or because of the type of photography that you do, you, you don't need that kind of platform? Oh, no, I could do that through my website. And um, I could also do it through Dropbox and other, other, um, arenas. Um, I do do it. And I, I do events still. Um, generally, the events that I do, I'm, I'm offering as pro bono, like charity events. Mm -hmm. um, and occasionally I'll get talked into doing something, you know, uh, for pay. But um, yeah. And then, you know, there's all the other technical stuff that you need to have as a photographer, which, you know, Photoshop and Lightroom and all the editing software. Oh, right. Right, right. So tell us about how long did it take you to get up to speed in becoming uh, very proficient in uh, 
you know, in Photoshopping or some of these other um, uh, digital tools. I'm laughing um, because uh, the you never feel like you're 100% proficient in any of that stuff. Um, Lightroom is a lot easier, and I've taken so many classes, and I continue to take classes. And um, Lightroom, I can do in my sleep. Photoshop, there's so much to know, and I feel like I'm constantly doing online classes and trying to learn more. So um, I'll let you know when I get there. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Um, and then do you, I, I'm guessing camera technology itself has changed and, you know, you have these digital cameras and then you have the old school cameras and do you use different cameras, um, for, for different purposes and can, I don't want to get too technical, okay. but can you give yeah. us a little bit of a sense for that? Um, I do. I have, um, right now I have two professional bodies and, um, one is my, my go-to for the studio work because it has a screen that I can just touch and like, you know, and, and enlarge the image on the screen right there on my camera. Um, mm -hmm. and it also has more megapixels so I can blow it up really big. Um, mm -hmm. the other camera that I have, I use, um, I use it in the studio as well. Sometimes I like to have two bodies so that I'm not taking time to switch lenses, so, you know, if I want to use a, um, a 24 to 70 millimeter on one lens and then a 70 to 200 on, on one camera and then a 70 to 200 on another camera, I could just keep switching cameras. Um, I see. My second body I also like to use for like, you know, sports and, and nature photography because it's very fast. Got it. And then you said that you're changing the focus of your um, specialty and uh, before you were doing street photography and now you're focusing more on portraits and headshots and getting into beauty and fashion. Can can you talk about um, specialization in photography and why you are migrating to a particular area? Yes, that's a really good question because um, I've learned over the past few years that you can't you can't be a jack of all trades. You have to mm -hmm. you have to focus on you know one or two things. Um, you know, unfortunately, I or fortunately, I should say, photography in all of its aspects gives me so much joy. Like all I have to do is pick up my camera and just start taking pictures, and I it just brings happiness into my life. So I love going out on the streets of Manhattan and just doing street photography. But I'm not getting paid for that. That's really for mm -hmm. me. Um, mm -hmm. so, you know, I, I've had to, you know, I shifted to doing, you know, contemporary portraits and headshots and stuff like that. I would, I do a lot of beauty and fashion photography, um, on my own dime and that's doing it for trade with models and stuff. Cause I'm trying to break into that market. It's, it's a tough market to break into though. So for now, my bread and butter is the, um, the portraits and, and the headshots, but I hope to, at some point, be able to gravitate and move into the other arena. So when you're a beauty and fashion, you're you're saying that you would be doing like a fashion shoot for a magazine or something yes, like exactly, that. Yes, exactly. Exactly. I see. Okay. I've and also recently, how, I, I, I actually, yeah. I'm sorry, Carol. Um, no, go I, ahead. I actually recently, um, I started working with a magazine, which is based out of London. And this has been like an amazing gift that I've received. At least that's how it feels to me. Um, so she's, you know, she's been using a lot of pictures that I've taken, but 
I got sent out to LA on, this, on an assignment to photograph. They were doing a, an issue on Motown's um, 60 year anniversary. So I, um, I ended up doing 10 shoots in two days and uh, worked with the Supremes and one of the members of the Temptations and all these Motown writers. And, and wow. I wouldn't mind venturing into doing that as well, like maybe doing, you know, musicians. But that falls under wow. the same umbrella. That sounds amazing. It was amazing. It was probably one of the greatest experiences as a photographer I've had. You know, I'm hearing from you, you're a lifelong learner. You're always taking classes. You're always trying to uh, learn new things and perfect your cl- your craft. You love what you're doing. You're saying you just picking up the camera is is like a, a, brings you joy. Uh, and you have this patience for for the process. Like you're trying to take these steps to get break into this new market in the beauty and fashion, maybe musician photography. And it feels to me that you have all the elements of being a successful entrepreneur um, with those qualities. Uh, so I'm I'm just wondering from your perspective, how do you view all that? Like what what is the hardest thing to do? when you are running a creative business, we, we have many relaunchers that are, are in our community who are listening right now who are creatives and they're interested in how do you manage a relaunch uh, as a creative, either uh, if you're starting your own business or you're joining some sort of a, a company um, or an employer that is in a creative business. Any thoughts about that? You know, I, the whole thing with being a creative is, um, you know, you're doing what you love. Um, so sometimes it doesn't feel like work, even though it is. Um, the other part of the whole creative process is how invested you are in the outcome of the product, because it's really, you're, you're putting your heart and soul into it. So it's, it's scary on so many different levels because, if somebody doesn't like a product that you're selling when you're working for a corporation, you know, you don't take it so personally when it's a piece of your art, it's, it's harder. It's a lot harder. Mm. So there is a lot of, um, there's a lot of fear and anxiety that goes into it. Um, but so I, I would say the hardest part of, of launching this business has been selling myself. Because, mm-hmm. it, you know, I had no, you know, when I was working for Travelers, I was one of their top producers. It was just so easy to sell a product that wasn't me. Mm-hmm. Here it's like, I'm trying to convince you that, that I'm the best. And you don't always feel that way. And there are so many good photographers out there. And it's just, it's really hard to sell yourself. So even the simple task of writing a bio could take me days and days to be able to do that because again, it's like, you know, if somebody else, if I had to write it for you, I could do it easily, but writing about yourself is really hard. Um, and I see what you're saying. It, it is, it does feel more personal. This is something something that you have created. Um, and you know, there's also this conflict. Uh, I, I mean, you're building a business here. So you have the quality of your product the personal connection to everything that you produce. It's part of you, but you're also trying to run a business and you need to ultimately make money. Uh, And, you know, this gets us into a topic of conversation that is beyond creatives and is more into entrepreneurship. And that is when people talk to me about, you know, I want to relaunch my career by launching a business. 
I always need to tell them, you know, are you prepared to uh, live for an extended period of time where you don't have any income or that you have very unpredictable or lumpy income? And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you you're you're running this uh, a creative business and and you want the product to be the best that it can be but you also are running a business so yes. i'm just interested in your um your perspective on uh this patience piece and the income stream and and you know how you're talking about you do some things for barter um it's kind of that's like an investment in the future of your business how do you think about all of that in terms of dollars yeah well, I think it's different for for everyone. You know, I'm I'm fortunate because I'm in a position where I'm not the primary breadwinner in the family, so I do have a little bit of leeway. Um, in some, there are times when I almost wish I could go back to a period of time, like when I was in my 20s, and I absolutely needed to make money because I feel like the hunger really helps propel you mm-hmm. to work mm-hmm. harder. Um, so, you know. I think that doing what I was doing initially where I was working for somebody else while launching my business, if giving up income is an issue, that's probably the way to go is to work for somebody else and then have your own side business. I think that is such great advice. I mean, when, when I talk to people who are not taking career breaks, I'm like, don't quit your day job. Stay with your day job while you're working through in your mind what your entrepreneurial venture is going to be and try to do to pursue that on your off hours so you can get it to the point where ultimately you can make that transition. Exactly. But in the context of relaunching, and I love exactly how you put this, um, so you you worked for someone else in the field that you ultimately wanted to build a business in. And so your relaunch was you had that intermediate step of your relaunch, but a critical step um, it, for someone who ultimately wanted to build her own business. And, and I think that's a really important point for our listeners to think about in general. Um, can you work for someone else who is in the business or doing something related to what you hope to launch a business in? Of course, subject to thinking about non-competes and what your relationship is going to be with that person or that company um, once you launch your business. And that's different in everyone's situation in every field. But just to think about setting yourself up in a situation where you have an income stream while you're building your dream ultimately for the entrepreneurial venture where that income stream might be unpredictable at the beginning until you get the business off the ground. Yes, exactly. Um, I'm, I'm so, so glad you made that point. Uh, so, uh, I'm just wondering, Randy, are are you look when you look to the future and you look at the example that you had when the person who um, taught you the craft and uh, hired you, do you see yourself at, in a position where you might do that for someone else going forward, or simply maybe not the teaching part, but you might have build your business to the point that you might have other people other photographers working for you? Um, well, I do actually now. I When I'm in my studio, I always need an assistant. So um, oftentimes it's other photographers. Um, some of the assistants are actually really, really talented on their own and um, could be out completely doing this by themselves. And sometimes it's somebody um, who is a little bit newer. But I would absolutely mentor somebody else. So, so Randy, we're running out of time now. So I want to 
finish by asking you the question that we ask all of our podcast guests. And that is, what is your best piece of advice for our relauncher audience, even if it's something that we've already talked about today? Okay. Um, you know, my, my best advice would be don't let the fear win. Um, fear is going to be there probably every step of the way. I, I recently met Annie Leibovitz and um, I asked her when she stopped being nervous and she said, never, I'm still nervous. Wow. And, and, and that, that made me feel so much better because she is, you know, one of the greats in the field. Um, oh, yeah. So, what, a, what a moment for you to meet yes. her. Well, it was in a small group where she was speaking and, and uh, talking about her books. But the other, the other advice that I would give is don't be afraid to take risks. It's going to be scary. Um, get out of your comfort zone because that's where the growth is going to happen. And if you think you can't do it, think again because you can do anything. Um, I, you know, if you if you had told me 20 years ago that I was going to be a professional photographer, I would have laughed. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I really feel like um, stepping out of my comfort zone. I do it every single solitary day when I pick up my camera, when I'm dealing with a client, when I'm taking classes online, uh, you know, on a subject that I don't know anything about. Um, but I really feel like that's where the growth happens. Excellent. That is such great advice. And I'm really glad that we're ending on that note. Uh, Randy, can you tell our audience how they can find out more about Randy Child's photography? Oh, yes. Thank you. Um, So my website is randychilds.com and it's R-A-N-D-I-C-H-I-L-D-S as in Sam.com. And my Instagram, please follow me on Instagram. It's randychilds underscore photography. Again, R-A-N-D-I-C-H-I-L-D-S. Excellent. So that's Randy with an I. I Yes, Randy with an I. For that. Um, And yes, following you, I'm going to follow you on Instagram as as soon as we, we finish talking. Thank you, Carol. Randy, thank you so much for joining us. And thank you so much. It was nice talking with you. You too. And thanks for listening to 321 I Relaunch, the podcast where we discuss strategies, advice, and success stories about returning to work after a career break. I'm Carol Fishman Cohen, the chair and co founder of I Relaunch and your host. For more information on I Relaunch, go to irelaunch.com. And if you like this podcast, be sure to rate it on iTunes and your favorite podcast platform. And be sure to share this podcast with a friend on Facebook, Twitter, and other social media. Thanks for joining us.